Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it is yet another Monday episode on the final week of the year 2021. Here's to hoping 2022 is a little bit less stupid. (laughs) Yeah. But it's not looking promising. Well... Hopefully it'll it, it'll res, you know result in the very least some drop charges on the the crypto <laughs> six that would be nice twenty twenty one that would be a good outcome pretty awful year all things considered in a lot of ways but you know we're still here and most of us things could be a lot well, worse some of us yeah, really it's not even most things could be worse though that yeah all, all things considered uh, so with you tonight it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. We got stuff to talk about tonight, including is TikTok making teens even more effed in the head than they already were? We're going to get into that on the way. Plus, uh, trusting the science. Bonnie, you want to talk about that? Uh, Of course, phones are open here. If you want to join us at 603-283-6160, we'll talk about the Matrix and is it trans propaganda? There's a lot of uh, talk out there about that right now. Did those rumors come up before or after the Wachowski brothers transitioned? Oh, after, of course. I mean, because I was like, if that happened after, that would be kind of crazy. The basic storyline of how it played out is that they transitioned, which caused people to review the movies, and they started looking in for... In a new light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were like, ooh, well, this is clearly, it's just all an allegory for being trans. Hmm. How didn't we see it before? Right. And it, beca- <laughs> because it was never an allegory for being trans, as the directors have said. Wait, did they say that? They didn't explicitly say it's not an allegory for being trans, but they did... Allegory? Exp- yeah, see, I keep yeah. doing that. We had this discussion before the show. Yeah. But they did explicitly say that they don't they don't know themselves how much being trans affected the script, right? So if they don't know how much being trans in the back of their heads was affecting the script, mm. then it obviously it was, wasn't consciously written for that. Yeah, it was very clearly not intentionally a trans allegory. We could talk about that. Uh, of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. And latest news out of the tyrant state of New York, the Empire State, is that apparently now there is a, a statewide mask mandate back in effect, or people who are going to different businesses can show proof of vaccination. So it's now a proof of vaccination slash mask mandate. So it's not as tight of a restriction as New York City, where you have to show proof of vaccination across the board uh, to go out and do things, indoor act, 
excuse me, indoor activities. But that's not um, scientific. Talk about following the science. That's not scientific at all. All of these science suggests that the Omicron variant is basically immune to the vaccines, or that the vaccines offer very little, if any, protection against the Omicron variant. Well, so I'm sure person, the government people aren't saying that. They, they don't want to admit it, but... Yeah. I've from, seen news saying that Omicron is basically a cold. Yes. Yeah, it's it's less powerful, but for some reason it will still affect people who are vaccinated just as much as unvaccinated yeah, people. Because the vaccine is a bunch of hokum. Despite, fascinatingly enough, I mean, you would expect a vaccine-resistant strain of the virus to, to rise in a country where more than 50% of the population is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But this came from Africa, which has the lowest po- uh, vaccination population in the world. Okay. But, so it's surprising to me that this vaccine-resistant strain came out of a place where the vaccine isn't very well, you're taking the their word place. for it that's true yeah i mean who said that it came from africa probably the government people well, would the, be my i guess. think the world health organization so essentially yeah, yeah. so who knows good point <laughs> I mean, who's to say that the same variant couldn't come from multiple places i don't know and how did they trace it back to like the original people being like oh yes this is clearly the country where it came from hard to say I suspect I they said, let's call this the African strain or whatever. Yeah, whatever the, the narrative is, I there's no reason I should buy it because it's being promoted by people who seek to benefit from it. And they have so, been benefiting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's really I, – I, I didn't want to dig into this story. I just thought it was an interesting uh, point that, okay, here's, here's your first vaccine kind of mandate. It's just the mask is your way out of having to have the vaccine at the moment uh, in New York State. Of course – you know, I presume there's still exemptions for medical reasons, but obviously the mainstream media doesn't look into the actual details of these things. Isn't it humorous that most of the, a significant portion of the people who are vaccinated are still going to wear a mask when they go to these places anyway? Oh, yeah, they're true believers. So it's it, it's kind of like this won't help anyone, right? Because the people who aren't vaccinated aren't inclined to wear a mask either. I would hope not. I mean, there's still a large amount of compliance out there. Would you guys say that uh, the Keen people, now that Keen has the new mask mandate again, uh, are being more compliant than they were? Are they? Have you noticed a difference between, let's say, two weeks ago and now as far as mask compliance when you've been out and about? Masks are definitely up as okay. far as people wearing them. At the Moose Mart, they're definitely up, but I don't know if these people are all from Keen or just from around because our regulars they don't wear masks hmm. but the the people i see coming in i've seen a lot more people coming in wearing masks but i don't recognize them so okay enforcement however from businesses is way down i see their employees wearing masks a lot of them at least but i have yet to have anyone tell me oh you have to have a mask and i would ignore it if they did hmm. okay c- call the cops then I mean, <laughs> I- i've seen how this plays out go ahead I'll just not identify for them, and then I'll just go home, and that will be the end of it. Well, it's unenforceable. probably know who you are. You could but... probably go home before they got there, because it took That's so also long. true. I just like, okay, <laughs> fine. But see, then I wouldn't get the the drink or whatever I was there to get. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I've not seen any kind of enforcement of this whatsoever. A lot of places don't have any... Uh, signage up and some places have counter signage up so uh, there's a place here in downtown Keene called the poor house the owner of the poor house a lady named dory she's been kind of 
off and on friendly with the activists in the area over the years. Uh, but she's been in touch with me throughout throughout a lot of this. She'll be a lot friendlier with the activists now that she realizes, oh, you know, if I'm inviting these people, they're going to show up here every week and buy drinks. And there is a sign on her door about we respect your rights, masks not required, like a big green and white sign that like uh, biggest makes, sign on the door. Yeah, it makes it crystal clear nice. what her position is, because before when the first mask mandate was in place last year, she was a little more quiet about it. Like yeah, a lot of people just tried to slip under the radar. Yeah, just not enforcing it on their customers. Although there was a couple times we went in there just by chance, like a over a year ago, Bonnie, when you were first visiting Keen, and like the doorman was kind of enforcing it. So it just kind of depended on who the staff was. But now it's the official policy. It was like at her place. He said you had to wear it just to go sit down, and we were at the like the first table. And I didn't do that. I suspect um, the difference is that the last mandate. Uh, would have fined the business for allowing you to be there versus right. this newer iteration that finds the individual who actively who actually is not wearing a mask instead if of the they business. they get a warning, a verbal warning first, and then a written <laughs> warning after that. And as we discovered at uh, the Mighty Moose Mart when they were testing this uh, enforcement, they actually <laughs> they uh, a friend of the business came by and got a free lunch for allowing them to call the police on him. <laughs> Welcome to Keen, man. (laughs) That is one of the most keen ways to start a story ever. As long as he agreed to hang around (laughs) until the police actually got there so they could say whatever it is the police are going to say about this. And apparently the cop did not look like he wanted to be there at all. And to make it even more keen, the guy wouldn't identify himself. Well, right. The cop said, do you want to give me your name so I can give you this verbal warning? Because they have to have a way of tracking it, right? So if you if you were to go to freekeen.com, scroll through a couple of the uh, articles, scroll down a little bit, you'll get to the one that's uh, Keen Council Ignores People and Business Owners Passes Mask Mandate 10 to 3. The full video is in there of all the testimony from where like 80% of the people that showed up to testify were against the mask mandate i would say 80 is low it was like maybe 90 percent, but it was it, i would say roughly 80 percent of the room i don't was think there unmasked. was five people that went up there and testified for it if you're not counting the there stupid doctor well i counted all those people i mean okay, they, if you're counting the doctor were, maybe there was five but there was the bulk of the people who were for it worked for the hospital so i mean besides the people that were there for the hospital it was probably one or two people that were uh, we're pro-mask mandate. And isn't the sergeant whose department is in charge of enforcing this crap, isn't he out there on Facebook saying, hey, look, don't enforce this. It's it's bad. The lieutenant. One of the police lieutenants is uh, speaking out and telling people not only he's not saying they won't enforce it. He's saying don't obey. He's saying he's telling people, people not to obey. Yeah, do not comply. And like mass noncompliance. And the funny part is he was one of the bad guys in Derek J's victimless crime spree. So he's come a long way in the last decade. More coming up here. You can join us. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones open here. If you want to join us. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It is refreshing to see a larger level of disobedience here in Keene, New Hampshire. There was a lot of compliance with the mask mandate last year. Like, it felt like over 90-plus percent of the people in most stores were complying. Uh, but now, not so much. 
I suspect some of it has to do with staffing shortages as well. I mean, the, the people still out there are working. They, they're tired. They're exhausted. They're sick of dealing with angry customers. The last thing these people want to be doing is making giving their customers a reason to be angry. Yeah. Like the power trip enjoyment phase of that is long gone for them. They're just tired. They want to do their jobs and be left alone. Uh, And then you've got the Keene Police Lieutenant Jason Short, who's posting on Facebook. Now, apparently this post was taken down after it started to stir up some controversy. Oh, dude, no. Uh, It's it's forever once you put it on the Internet. Sorry. Somebody got a screenshot of it and it ended up in the newspaper. The uh, Keene Sentinel, so that's where I got it from. Quote, Remember the bad guys in movies don't know they're bad, but they think or they think they're doing the right thing. He puts that in quotes for the benefit of society. It's only when the quote good guy unquote stands up to them that they realize they're wrong. Citizens need to stand up and stop simply complying to this nonsense mandates. I can't believe that came from a cop. (laughs) I know that is like what libertarians have been saying about cops for the last 25 years. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. <laughs> Even when he came up to Ian and I on the street and he said that he actually agrees with the protest that was going on this down the street. This was weeks before this, by the way. Yeah, like months this before this. Yeah. Uh, he said, I actually agree with y- y'all on this protest. And it was people protesting uh, vac- like mandatory vaccinations. Right. And he w- didn't go that far. He didn't go half that far. He was just like, yeah, I agree with you. But Maybe next he'll realize that the same principles apply to things like the drug war and speeding violations and all of this other nonsense that he's out there probably well, still enforcing. That's what Ian brought up to him, the drug war. And, and he said, "It's it, now you realize it's not okay to tell people what they can and can't put in their body, like when you were prosecuting people for having marijuana. And he said, I'm not going to make that apples to oranges comparison. Yeah, he wasn't ready for that, uh, that Maybe jump. Maybe one day. But <laughs> hey, you know what? I still am going to say he's right on this one. And I wrote up an article over at freekeen.com if you want to learn more about the police lieutenant and the, the one of the interesting parts about this story and a credit goes to the keen sentinel for for digging this one up is probably one of the more interesting you know pieces that they've done this year is, but they thought that it would be like everybody will be mad at this police chief. oh yeah it was definitely designed to gin up controversy and make people piece. angry about oh how dare this police officer disobey how dare he say that you should disobey our precious city ordinances you know i wouldn't mind even the idea of cops if they were regularly just like yeah don't comply with this absolutely (laughs) that would be that would actually be really cool if the police were kind of a final check and balance on the legislature where if the legislature passes some dumb prohibition the cops just say yeah, we're not going to enforce that. Well, that's what they're kind of doing with this mask mandate, and I hated to admit it, but I admitted it last week that that's they're kind of being a check and balance on this. Uh, right, but that's King what they should do Council. more often. They should yeah. have the same level of awareness about other prohibitions. It's and, just because this one affects them. They don't want to wear masks. Yeah, that's their little cloth masks they wear. They didn't wear masks the first time, did they? No, most of them didn't. Some did. Like I recently came across that cop block video from one of the. Um, nightcaps that we did yeah. where the cops weren't wearing masks but there was another video from one of the nightcaps where one of the cops was okay so it was it was hit and miss depending on which officer i think you were dealing with but the other interesting part about this is of course the sentinel in trying to stir up the controversy and make jason short look like he's the bad guy they went to the police chief to get a comment about his employee right like oh how 
could he be doing this, speaking out like this? And instead of throwing him under the bus, the police chief actually covers for him. Now, that's kind of what you would expect a police chief to do for his officer, right? Like in the same way that they cover for their cops if they shoot somebody or, you know, commit some other violent act. Uh, But in this case, it, it was interesting because, you know, the political times would lead one to think that a higher-up would say, well, he shouldn't be doing that. This is a serious COVID, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, that's what you would expect. Uh, But no, in this case, he told the reporter that, quote, Lieutenant Short will enforce the ordinance consistent with my guidance and in the same spirit as all of our officers, regardless of his personal feelings. But he went on to say that the, uh, the Keene police doesn't tell their officers they can't have an opinion about things especially if they're off duty right so he says look just because you just because jason short works for the government doesn't mean he doesn't have a right to free speech is essentially what the police chief told the the newspaper and it's like yeah that's true i guess my question now would be what is the guidance that the police chief has given them he didn't say yeah which is a sleaze, you know, like a slimy way of worming his way out of actually making that statement, right? He's yeah. just making it sound like he's given them some sort of guidance, which could very well be, Don't all right, us. guys, well, it could have been that, or it could have just been, use your discretion. And that's ultimately what the point of the Free Keen article is, is to inform people that, hey, guess what? Police officers do have discretion. And it's not something that they put on display very often. It's right. not something that they really want to to advertise that is a, an option for them because people But they obviously believe. do, and people realize that a, a cop cops sit there on Route 101 by my house all the time watching people speed by. And that's discretion. And they don't do anything about it, right? right? But sometimes they do, and it's just completely arbitrary most of the time whether they're going to do something about it or not. You and should it, do what I do. Now, um, whenever I'm at work... I will report cops if they're around where I work and they're sitting there speed trapping. I'll report them on Waze. It's not a bad plan. I don't think they're really speed trapping most of the time they're sitting there. I think they're just chilling and hanging out. I've seen them do it. Well, I've whatever them they're doing, they should be reported. I mean, sure. it it doesn't hurt to report them because, uh, you know, for the most part, they are still out there arresting peaceful people. I mean, kudos yeah. to the, the Keene police on this particular issue. But it wasn't uh, Jason Short who responded at the Moose Mart, was it? No. It was a, some other cop who mm-hmm. also did not want to deal with this nonsense. They said, I wasn't there, but they said that he stepped out of his car, did a big sigh, looked really <laughs> defeated, slowly put on his mask like he didn't want to and slowly walked in just with a this is well he knew where he was going right sure, uh, presumably yeah so he knew what he was walking into and it probably was not the highlight of his day even when he came in he was just like so what do we have here mm-hmm. uh so and then they went to the city uh, manager elizabeth dragon looking for comment on whether short could be disciplined can you punish this officer for what he has done that's not the way it works speaking is it? Well, she didn't even answer the question. She didn't even return the phone calls. So, And that's because her answer, if she were being honest, would have to be, no, we can't punish him because he's just speaking out. And no, he has discretion. He is not obligated to enforce because there's a lot of people like Jason Short got a raft of S on social media from, from all those ignorant people that think you police officers supposed to enforce the law without thinking about it. You know, like that's there's really a mentality out there. That's not what they do, though. No. 
They can walk right by you getting murdered if they so choose. Well, they're supposed to actually enforce felonies, violent felonies in progress if they Are see they? a violent... There's, yeah, they, they aren't supposed to use discretion on that, as sure I understand it. But if you want to um, you know, correct me if, I, if I'm wrong about that, 603-283-6160, you can join us. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Take control of the airwaves here. We're talking about police, or at least one officer, actually speaking out and advocating civil disobedience from the populace here in beautiful Keene, New Hampshire. And I mentioned this, I did a brief summary of this on another show earlier, I guess later last week, but... We're digging into it deeper now. And again, the full story is over at freekeen.com. It's about a, a police lieutenant. So this isn't, you know, your typical grunt. He's a mid-level... Uh, He's a mid-level grunt. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jason Short and I go back a long ways as far as I've been in this town for, you know, 16 years. And I've done a lot of activism. I've done a lot of cop block. I've done a lot of recording of the police. I've confronted Jason Short on a number of occasions for his bad behavior. Um, He was actually outside of the DEA raid back in 2014. The DEA did 200 plus simultaneous raids all across the country of different head shops and other cannabis related oh that's right they hit places. corner news or something didn't they no they, i don't think they hit corner news no okay. but it, it was, was right across the street right yeah right across the street the the place that's right next door to the local burger um which was empty for years after it and only just now there's like a bridal place that just opened up there but it has been empty since the dea raid it was empty for half a decade it was after that and uh, they went in the, to this store that had been around for years uh, that actually used to be in a different town, and it was so successful they moved it to Main Street in Keene to pay you know Main Street rent, right? Like it's it's not, it's cheap, not cheap to yeah. rent these places on Main Street, and uh, it was doing very very well. Uh, you know they employed people, they had over a hundred thousand dollars in inventory that was stolen by the DEA. They came in there and they used the they used the excuse that oh well you were selling s- synthetic drugs. Like K two and Spice, remember those things? Which are yeah. all legal, aren't they? Well, yeah, I mean that's that's the argument, and I don't remember what their actual legal claims were in in the particular case. But they had sent apparently they had sent some undercover in and had asked if they, they loved could, doing that. Yeah, the undercover had asked if he would, you know, if they'd sell him a bong or something like that and they didn't do the right whoever the staff member was didn't do the right thing, right? Right thing, the legal thing to where you're not supposed to sell somebody a, a water pipe if they call it a bong, right? In the in really? That was all. I yeah. thought that you said like, "Oh, somebody asked if they could buy weed from a person working there and they said, yeah, they could sell them weed." I didn't know it was they I don't used think so. the word 
bong instead of water pipe. I'm That's pretty sure so it was one of those kind of things. Um, but it's been a while since I've heard the details about it. See, I figured it would have at least been something worse than that. Like, hey, man, I need a new... I need a new pipe to smoke some weed out of. Yeah, it might have been something like that. To smoke some marijuana. It could have been something like that too. I mean, in which it, case, hopefully, any employee at one of these places would be smart enough to be like, "Yeah, no, this is for tobacco, officer." Yeah, sometimes they yeah. actually get mad about it. Like, nope. Usually, you're just supposed to, to kick the person out of the store. Okay. Sorry, you know, we can't sell to you. Which is stupid because you're not selling them drugs. You're just selling them it is stupid. a thing. It is stupid. But, but apparently you can into, get them rated. If I go yeah. into a gas station to buy a lighter and I tell them, oh, yeah, I'm fixing to go light up a big fat bowl. <laughs> that's not illegal for them. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Well, the head shops have been targeted by government gangs, sure. state level, federal level for a long time. Anyway, the reason I brought it up was because they were raiding this business at the time. And I, I we caught wind of it, right? Because there's liberty activists here in town and... The DEA is raiding a Main Street business. We're going to hear about it. Absolutely. And so we went down there with video cameras, me and uh, a few of the other activists, including then Rich Paul. Now we know him as Nobody. Uh, and Rich gave him a good mouthing, too. It was really entertaining. <laughs> I bet he did. Some really, really, is, it's amazing footage because of the 200 raids that happened simultaneously on that day all across the country, there was no other footage of any of it. Wow. No, no one else bothered to pull out a video camera and record these thugs destroying somebody's business in every other town, every other city of America. I looked. I looked later. I'm like, all right, there's got to be some, somebody else must have gotten footage of one of these other raids that went on. And I looked, and the only thing I could find was like a news company. One of the TV news stations shows up set 10 hours later to do a you know a package throw. But not right? a civilian journalist. Yeah, no, but that wasn't even it wasn't even footage. It was just some news guy standing out oh. in front of the business like earlier today, Jim, there the DEA was inside this head shop behind me. One of those kind that of That probably shots, would have been a good story you know? if you were there while it was happening. Yeah. But that's your typical kind of news thing, is they, mm, they yeah. don't anyway, so uh so at the end of this whole thing, Jason Short comes out of the like the Keen Police was standing guard, basically. And pro- it's what pro- they did at the last raid here Correct. in Keene as well. The yeah. raid of our houses yeah. uh, and the Just studio. Just being the bitches of the federal goons. And Short was actually out in front of our house uh, threatening our friends oh. Chris and Bob in that particular case. So as of uh, March, he was being your typical goon enforcer Program. for the federal government yeah and he acts like whenever he's doing that that kind of thing he has no humanity about him he's just kind of got this vacant look in his eyes and he literally looks like an automaton yeah he's a program he looks like a robot he looks like somebody who's just mindlessly enforcing things which is why it was su- such a pleasant surprise to hear that jason actually does have thoughts of his own and he can't escape that robotic training that's good news i and mean that's a that's a step in the right direction now cast it off entirely right and I mean, I'm I'm not that optimistic about it, but you know, it's a step in the right direction, like you said. It is. So, uh, but I confronted him even. as he was coming out of the the uh, the store that the feds were raiding. I confronted him about it, and I treat him different. I treat the Keen Police different than I treat the DEA. With the DEA, it was like DEA, go away. You guys suck. F you. Get out of here. We weren't kind to them in any way. Well, you're way, never going to see them again. Right. But Keen PD, you're going to see them again the next day. Correct. And it's not a, the best idea to have them go, oh, yeah, you got a busted taillight. I'm punishing you for what happened yesterday. Right. We live with these people. They're our neighbors. We have relationships with them. And so I 
you know, kindly shamed Jason for his involvement in in this and and walked with him as he was walking to his police cruiser. And I said to him something to the effect of, you know, doesn't it seem wrong to destroy a local business like this, a productive local business, a local employer like this to destroy their business? And he said his response back was essentially... What is it? I had an actual quote here. I don't from make the, the laws. I just enforce them. Something like that. I was going to get you the actual quote. He he said something to the effect just of... Just doing my job. I can't tell you how I feel. Or, or it doesn't matter. No, he said like it doesn't matter how I feel. Hmm. Basically, what, what, what I said. feel don't matter. That's, that's what, what he said. said. And yeah, he said, what I, feel uh, don't I hate matter. how when people say that. It don't matter. And so I said, well, actually, yeah, it does. That's why I asked you. You know, if I didn't want to know how you felt, then I wouldn't have asked you. Why but, would you take a job where it doesn't matter how you feel about doing that job? Yeah. That's, well, that sounds like a miserable existence. Yeah, and that was interesting because now technically he was on duty, and so maybe the rules are different. But it's always been my experience. Every time I've talked to a cop, on or off duty, they generally do not want to tell you how they feel about the law. They don't want to go on the record about it. And maybe that's because they're worried that the higher-ups are going to punish them somehow for speaking. In this case, he did go on the record. He went on Facebook. He spoke out against the mask mandates. And he got a lot of S from people in the community, those those people that believe that police must be automatons and must not question things and must not speak out against laws. They're the ones who are against him. But what was interesting was that the police chief did not go against him in this particular case so kudos to jason short for at least in this case doing the right thing i'm glad to see it and I'm, i want i think it's important to encourage these guys when they do the right thing just as much yeah. as it is to discourage them and point it out like hey you're hurting somebody here you're hurting a, a peaceful person stop doing that when they're hurting peaceful people let them make them aware of it and tell them that it's wrong just like shaming a bad dog yeah well, in general, I mean, at least with dogs, rewarding good behavior is even, more of it. It's much better yeah. than, you know, shaming bad behavior. So, hey, yeah. Jason Short, good on you, man. Let's see some more of this. Great job. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe he will encourage others to do the same thing. You know, it was sort of related. Uh, when we first moved here back in like 2006, we did a uh, ride along with police then lieutenant maxfield and he spoke on a lot of issues he's against the war on drugs in favor of gun rights and we did like a long ride-along video with him which is very very interesting and you know what they did after that they canceled the ride-alongs no one else could ever do a ride-along again in Key, new hampshire after we did one and it was really interesting you can find that on youtube still uh, more coming up is free talk live phones open if you want to join us here the number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 and if you want to comment on police civil disobedience police themselves encouraging civil disobedience participating in civil disobedience you know here in Kane, I man. guess I guess it had to happen here first. <laughs> I wonder what like the real hardcore cop lovers think about that. Is that a plus or a minus to them? Oh, I can't imagine they they like it very much. But that's an interesting question. Maybe some of them would see it differently now that they might actually disagree with the law for once. Because there are definitely people out there who would previously have identified themselves as law and order conservatives who have found themselves 
seriously disagreeing with things like the mask mandates and many of them choosing to actually disobey them. So, uh, And then at the same time, they, they are having a tough time processing it because <laughs> at the same time, they still love the police and plenty of the police are doing exactly what they're told. Like the yeah, wasn't there a woman who was arrested um, at one of these protests or something? And she ended up as she was coming out of the jail, thanking the police for their service or something yep. like that. You that saw happened. that happen, right? I saw that happen with my own eyes and ears. <laughs> yeah, insane. And and then further, this woman arrested actually, for saying amen. She actually further instructed the other people at the jail to vacate the premises. Yeah, because- we were all at the public entrance of the jail where you're allowed to wait for somebody to come out there was like 40 people in there and y'all were waiting for several people who were arrested not just this one woman there were other people and her and like two other people got released and then she said everybody you guys first of all they kept sending backup like they had like more than 10 cops outside with their guns and cars and stuff just watching us to mm-hmm. make sure nothing happened when they're the freaking aggressors and we were just there to film what did they think you were gonna do try to raid the jail (laughs) no i guess so but all we were doing was filming and you know letting them know what we thought about what they were doing and uh they sent like 10 extra cops that were outside and then when this woman gets out uh with the other three people there were still like six more inside i think she says everybody everybody needs to leave because you guys are making it to where it's uh making it take longer for everyone else to get out and um, immediately, Which is a lie. Immediately, I didn't think she... I mean, you it's don't think that it, she She's wasn't lying. lying. But immediately, I was like, yeah, somebody lied to her Correct. and said that to her to try to get everyone to leave. Yeah. So everybody left except like me and another person that we know. And we stayed there filming the cops talking until it just took a long time and my ride wanted to leave. So, yeah, that's an example of somebody actually still believing in the system even while it is abusing them. And this is a situation that has confronted many a conservative over the last two years of this COVID nonsense that's been going on. And I've seen it also out in front of the governor's house at some of the protests that we went to uh, in front of Chris Nunes, the governor of, of New Hampshire. There was a group of people there, some, sometimes as strong as 70 plus people uh, in front of in front of his house. But a lot of the people seem to feel... I don't know what the right... I, I was there one time when a woman said, screaming at the uh, governor's house, we want law and order. That's what she was telling the governor she wanted. Right, as there are literally five police cruisers in his driveway and another three cruisers parked around. There were a dozen cruisers in this little cul-de-sac, basically, to protect this man from these peaceful protesters. Yeah, he was never under threat. He cried about that a lot on Twitter, but no one ever issued any sort of threat. No, otherwise they would have arrested the person for threatening him, but that That never happened. Uh, But yeah, the, the attitude of a lot of these people was that, oh, these poor officers... They're just being abused by this by the, the, the governor. They shouldn't be doing these things, but they were. They weren't like defecting. They weren't refusing to obey. And this goes back to something that I started to argue with David from New Mexico, a caller, about the other day when he said something about an illegal law. And I was like, what's an illegal law? Mm. And he was like, it, it, it's a law that's illegal. It's unconstitutional. That's where they, they get this. They're, they feel bad for the cops while the cops are abusing them thing yeah it's because they think the governor made an illegal law i honestly feel like there isn't such things an illegal law if the law is being if it's effectively happening you know what i mean well 
I they, mean, they break all the is, laws. Every single law would be illegal. This is an... Uh, the, the terminology is interesting because on one hand, it laws that are found ultimately to be unconstitutional by a court were passed through a legal process. So the the lawmakers, the legislators who pass things that are unconstitutional are doing it legally. So from that aspect, it's a legal law. But then later, if somebody gets arrested under that law and then they challenge it and then they get it overturned by the Supreme Court, that makes it an illegal law at that point. So it was But it's it was also not a law anymore at that point. It's once the Supreme Court says, hey, this is unconstitutional, it's immediately nullified, isn't it? It is not necessarily taken off the books, though. It's just... Okay, so it's still written down somewhere. As I understand it, that's how it works. I don't think there's like an automatic process to where if the Supreme Court overturns a thing... But that's that, how they get around it in their crazy way of thinking. Like, I saw a woman after those people got arrested for no reason, one woman getting arrested for saying the word amen, mm-hmm. there was a woman at the next protest of that group holding a sign that said, shame on you, Sununu, for weaponizing our state police. Right. Yeah, the idea yeah, is... It sucks when you're on the receiving end of that, doesn't it, lady? <laughs> and the idea and the idea of it is, is these police are automatons, right? It must like, be so frustrating and so scary for these people, though, who for their entire lives, the entire police system has existed to protect them... In their mind, ...and their least. worldview yeah. at the exclusion of everyone else. Doesn't matter how many George Floyds get killed because that little old white lady, she's never going to get harmed by the police. Yeah. So, but suddenly... The, the police that people have been complaining about her entire life, suddenly now she's on the receiving end of that. Poor, it's hard for, poor it's, people, man. It's hard for them to process it. They don't. It's, it's cognitive dissonance is what it is. Yeah. You know, whenever somebody has a, a deeply held belief system and they're presented with evidence that contradicts their belief system, they ignore that evidence and they, oh, no, it couldn't be the officer's It's just fault. an illegal law. Right. Oh, it's the Sununu. It's all Sununu's fault. It's but the officers are now enforcing the illegal law. Yes, right? but they have to because they have to enforce all laws. They have to do exactly what they're told because they're automatons and they can't think for themselves. See, that's why I'm wondering, would a cop lover like that uh, Jason Short came out with yeah. his own opinions or not? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Presumably not. Well, that's the thing. Like, but then again, they love cops. Shouldn't they love that he's exercising his freedom? She's making a really good point here. Like, they, it puts them in a, a really awkward position of saying, oh, well, I love the police, but I only love them when they mindlessly enforce the law, even yeah, though see, I don't agree with the law. With all of the cognitive dissonance and all of the mental gymnastics, I don't think they'd have any problem saying that. <laughs> I love the police when they when they don't think. They're just supposed to enforce all the laws regardless of whether or not they're against them. By the way, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. So if you're ready to start learning about cryptocurrency, might be a good time to do it as uh, Bitcoin's floating at around 50300 and change right now. It's better uh, than it was unit. a week ago, I think. Yeah, if I recall correctly. 40, 40, high 40s, I think. So Not that if, it means much to me at the moment. If you want to go to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started at the top of the page. You'll learn about the basics. That's where you got to start because there's some new concepts that are involved here. There's some a bit of a learning curve. There's some important ideas that you got to get a hold of to really understand why Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin Cash are so important 
Just go to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started at the top of the page. Now, if you are not new to crypto and you want to get the latest news headlines, they've got those as well. Over at News.Bitcoin.com, every single day there's fresh stories and perspectives put up there for you to enjoy over at News.Bitcoin.com. Let's go to the phones here. I believe we've got Sarah on the line. Sarah, go ahead. Oh, yes. I just want to... Let you know that we're going to be getting 10 more uh, transit security officers here. So that brings the security officers to 40 officers. Oh, speaking of a police lover, we were just talking What is talking a transit about, security officer? Sorry. It's a cop on a bus. Oh, okay. Or a train or something like that. So, well, you got to do something about all of those smokers smoking in non smoking places, right? What do you think, Sarah, about the police? choosing to enforce the laws that they agree with versus disagree with. Do you think the police should be able to make choices like that? Well, you know, I agree with them um, forcing, enforcing the smoking laws and rubbing up on women. They do that a lot. And, they and talk rubbing up on, on women? Is that what you said? You agree yeah, with them? Yeah, they rub up on women. They, uh, they, they, I've said on the bus, they reached over and... Cops do this? Rubbed on, no, some scumbag. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. But that didn't answer my question, Sarah. I was asking you whether you think the police should be able to make the choice about which laws to enforce. So we'll let you continue to mull that over here as we bring you back into hour number two. More with Kami Sarah on the line with us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Of course, you can bring up whatever's on your mind as well. Take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable, and no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved, to stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down, and to put you in control of your own happiness so you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We're going to get into the Matrix movies and whether or not they are a trans allegory, as many on the internet are claiming. We actually have a real trans person in the room, so that's Arya, and she'll, real. Uh, she'll weigh in on that. Well, it's a fair point. Most of the... Everyone who has argued this point with me today, and I didn't even allege initially that the... That you know, it wasn't a trans allegory. I just said allegory. I just said I'm going to watch this for myself and see. And that everyone who came around to say, well, the directors have said it is. Every single one of them was not a trans. Oh, person. really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are, what are they called? Allies? Are those the people that just kind of hang on to be part of the cool crowd, basically. Like, look how look how cool I am. I'm defending the trans people. 
I don't know if it's even that because they were arguing with a trans person in order to do that, right? That's I, true. I well, no, they're defending just, the what was the name of it? The um, there was like a you're not in the this club, right? There's a group of trans. The consensus. The consensus. That, oh, was that's that right. Yes, yeah. with, with a capital C as well. Right. So, yeah. it, so it's a pronoun. So they they were defending the consensus that the matrix is these things and you were saying you didn't see it we'll get into that though but we've got sarah on the line it's ian bonnie and aria in the studio tonight sarah who loves herself some cops when they are enforcing the traffic uh, laws she loves red light cameras and you were just saying that you like the idea of new traffic cops or transit cops being hired to enforce on things like city buses uh enforce smoking mandates and or anti-smoking mandates and then also you said you've been molested by somebody on a city bus at one time so you want to see the police enforcing these things but i was just asking since we were discussing the police and and them being like automatons which for the if you don't know what that means, Sarah, it means like a robot, like an, an unthinking machine. Uh, it, do you support the police actually making choices about which laws that they enforce and which ones that they don't? Or should they just have to be these sort of mindless automatons enforcing all laws across the books, no matter what? Uh, well, you know, it, it's um, the police are just people. Mm-hmm. So I guess that sometimes they will have preferences of what the laws they would enforce or not. Mm-hmm. But supposedly, but they're supposed to, you know, have equal justice law enforcement. You know, originally, that's supposed that's a that's supposed to. But as I don't you know, know what that, that means. Equal justice. What does that mean? Well, I think I she's mean, realizing that if cops have discretion on w- which laws they can enforce, they also have discretion on whether or not they want to pull over the white guy or the black guy. Mm. Well, yeah, it's supposedly you're supposed to, but, you know, it they are human beings after all. So they're valuable uh, to, you know, prefer laws. That, but I just hope that I'm and with, uh, with the transit police here. I would like at least 150 because uh, here Good in Lord. Mexico, well, the thing is, the laws are so horrible when it comes to abuse against women. Um, you know that they had, they had, uh, we have like per capita, the most um, untested uh, sex rape kids. But and that's, that's not, not against the law? That's not a problem with the law, though, Sarah. That's a problem with law enforcement, right? Well, but that's the whole bag. There's no law. There's no law enforcement. There's no raping uh, t- test kits. And I mean, I'm pretty sure that, there are laws against sexual assault in New Mexico. That was what my question was about. Well, there are, but, you know, they, they finally tested a couple of like 400 kits going back 20 years involving murder. When they got murdered, it's like, I think you better test these and it take them like 20 years. So you're and saying you're not happy with the service that you've been getting from the police. So you want to hire more of them? Well, the, well, see, you you guys don't even want to come near the state, and you know why? I don't want to come near I the cops here. anywhere. I'm just I, not interested. I'm confused in them. why you think they don't help me. people for the most part. They hurt them. No, and a transit well, cop is certainly not the one that's you know testing the rape kits or whatever. So how is having 150 <laughs> transit bus bus police officers going to do anything about the lack of detectives well, and their concern for sex crimes? Well, what I'm saying, the sexual harassment here is awful with bus riders that are riding the buses. And they have had, 
men exposed themselves on the bus, touching themselves, where, where the women was riding with the kids, and it was on the newspaper article. They they do this kind of stuff. They rubbed up on my legs. They um, rubbed up on my arms. They I see them. I get it. And, on and, that, and that's horrible. But why would you prefer 150 transit cops instead of 150 actual cops who could you know do something about those rape kits and actual rape victims instead of policing the the bus? Well, the thing is that don't they have less training? They're not. I think they're not authorized to fire on a um, on a gun or fire them. They just have taser guns. That they call. They're less. Oh, trained. you're they're saying that the transit cops are actually less dangerous because they aren't armed as uh, dangerously as a standard cop. Right, right. They're, they're, if they get into a really heavy um, things, they would they would call for a real police. But they're more like. Um, they're police, but they're... they're okay, they're, I, I can get where like she's coming thing. from here. She's coming from kind of a... Even though she's advocating for more cops, she is saying that they shouldn't be as well-armed as normal cops. So, like, I'm in favor of taking guns away from the cops. I think yeah, that that's a good At idea. At least while they're on duty. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think they should be demilitarized. <laughs> let's take the, the, uh, the armored tanks away from them. Let's take the guns. Let's take the bombs. Because these people are hurting way too many peaceful people. But it's just... it's. It seems kind of counterintuitive, though, Sarah, just generally, that you can see some of the problems with policing, that they aren't actually serving the community in the way that they purport to be by not actually investigating the number of rapes that they should be, etc., but yet you still want them to enforce all these, you know, prohibitions. You want them to have power. Well, she can't even think of an alternative because she's never been presented by one or with one. Well, that's true, and we didn't present her with one either in this particular case. I mean, ultimately, the alternative in her case would be private transportation and having private rules on private transportation instead of some government bus where they just are obligated to pick up any scumbag that that wants to ride, and then they you know don't have any meaningful way of banning um, you know the bad ones for for the future. So I mean, maybe maybe private industry would come up with more innovative ways to restrict the uh, the numbers of you know the, the types of passengers and and all of that uh, but then again it probably wouldn't be subsidized like the government buses are and that's one of the reasons why government buses are as cheap as they are because the rest of the taxpayers are subsidizing them but sarah what i guess i'm curious about is if you could think for a moment what is a law that you would prefer the police not enforce what do you think that the that, like a law that's on the books that you think the police should just ignore well, I mean, how could I come up with all of that? Because people ignore. I mean, how could I, you know what? There's there's no such thing because all of the most of the laws are already ignored. The dog law jumping all over me, licking me. <laughs> so there's dog laws. Me. Sarah, I want to direct yeah. you back to a call you made a few weeks ago where you talked about the laws that they were putting out, not allowing panhandlers to be at intersections. Wouldn't you agree that that at least is a law that police should not be enforcing? Oh yeah, but but um, and the, and the police leave them alone. I mean, it's uh, unless they get obnoxious, unless they touch their car or they bang the car or they get aggressive. Uh, as long gotcha. as uh, well, they don't, they don't, they don't bother the panhandlers. Not in this state. Our Supreme Court so, they do allow them on that. The point season. that you were going to make, though, is that you feel as though there's a bunch of laws that the police already are not enforcing. She and says it something about a dog. Right? Yeah, well, is there a dog licking you law? Well, I mean, it's supposedly I get harassed. I 
um, I, where I live, I have to, I got mauled by, almost mauled by like two dogs too, just running out of the fence, like maybe five times already, jumping mm-hmm. on me, want to play with me. And I'm thinking I'm going to get scratched and, you know, that's one of those laws. <laughs> it does suck though. Now, are these dogs yeah, like biting you or are they just trying to play with you? Well, well, they, they, I think they're wanting to play with me, but okay. I, I, you just I don't, don't want to get all bothered. You're not a dog. But, but you're not they, a dog lady. Yeah, but dogs could still get. They could still hurt somebody. I they ju- could, I yeah. think that, that it shouldn't be a law, but the owner should be responsible to where they don't just run out of the fence. Because well, that would scare me too, as a small person. What are the cops going to do? They're not there, so no, they can't I help you. I thought she was saying, "Oh, there is this dog law." And- I have a lot of advice for Sarah, but unfortunately, none of it applies to someone who hasn't worked a job since they were eighteen. <laughs> so it's not like move to a better neighborhood is an option here. Does pepper spray work for dogs? That's sad. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to see the dog get hurt, but if they're doing something you don't want they won't stop and the owner won't stop them thanks for the call sarah more coming up it's free talk live phones open here if you want to join us the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And we're going to talk about the uh, the Matrix and whether or not it's a trans allegory here in just a moment. But first, I do want you to know we're raising money for Give Directly, which is the first nonprofit that allows you to actually give money directly to people living in extreme poverty Give Directly locates recipients who are in need and they use mobile money to send them cash because that's a big deal over in Africa. That's a way a lot of people pay for things and get paid is with their phones. In the past decade, they've delivered $400 million to over 1 million people. And research shows giving cash to people living in poverty can help drive a range of important positive changes in their lives like employment, nutrition, health, and education. And cash allows individuals to invest in what they need instead of relying on aid organizations and donors thousands of miles away choosing for them. So if that's what you prefer, we agree. And we are matching your donations to give directly up to a total of $30,000. So if you want to help some folks out in Bamet and Khalifi counties in Kenya who are in dire need of assistance, you can go to give.freetalklive.com and help them out. That's give.freetalklive.com. So Aria, you're trans. Yeah, and I mean, not everybody on the radio would necessarily right. know that. If you're watching uh, at uh, on our cam feed over an Odyssey at watch.freetalklive.com, it takes you right to our live feed. And then video.freetalklive.com takes you to the channel with all the the back episodes. Uh, then you would probably know that, but uh, just listening on the radio wouldn't necessarily. Well, and- I'm trans, but uh, depending on the trans person you ask, I may or may not be part of the trans community. The consensus mm-hmm. you are definitely not a part of. They said so. That's true. And they got, they, they, said so. they got upset because I went against the consensus, the capital C, um, about the Dave Chappelle closer skit, which I found to be pretty humorous and really shockingly kind hearted. I think they just missed the actual punchlines. They that might not made. have watched it. I suspect a fair number of them either didn't watch it or they turned it off halfway through because they're, I'm just so offended by yeah. this content. And they only saw like clips and right. they were like, yep, that's proof. So you aren't, you know, you don't stick with the official whatever consensus agenda and you have, you think for yourself. You I know? prefer to, yes. 
think for myself. You have your own opinions, and when you express them, the consensus gets mad, right? Yeah, it's pretty fun, though. Uh, So what's been going on out there? (laughs) Well, there's a new Matrix movie, right? But this came up. Bonnie and I saw it. I have not seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. This came up a number of years ago. I remember the first time I saw it was this idea that it was after the Wachowski sisters transitioned. Wait, that was the first time you saw The Matrix was after they transitioned? No. No. Uh, No, I'm just. The first time you saw The Theory. Yes. Okay. Which I haven't actually gotten to yet. But, you know, obviously, for a lot of people may not even realize that the Wachowski brothers, because they, they did credit themselves as the Wachowski brothers in for the original movies. Yes. Yep. They have both transitioned, and they are both now women. And I'm not knocking The Matrix. I love the hell out of The Matrix. It defined a generation, right? It's, Some of my favorite movies. It's up there with Harry Potter as far as how it's influenced people and mm. its, its genre. Okay. So, I mean, it's a big deal. And these are the most influential trans creators on the planet. But I never got any of that from watching the movies. And I realized, okay, as this article came across my feed today, that I haven't actually seen the movie since I came out and transitioned. Okay. Everyone's saying they're clearly trans allegories. Yeah. And evidently the directors themselves have come out and said, oh, yeah, they're they're all about metaphors for being trans. So I was like, I'm going to look into this. And I want to start with the article that was actually initially brought to my attention that made me even realize that this was a whole thing still, because it's titled, and it's from MSNBC, so it's what you would expect it to be, The Matrix Resurrections Makes More Room for Trans Identity in Corporate Hollywood. The first and last phrases to appear on the screen of the original Matrix film includes the word trans, a detail that many everyday uh-huh. moviegoers probably missed. I had to rewind it to see what they were talking about, but yes, they are correct. The, la- the first and last actual images on the screen contain some sort of text thing about, I'm presuming it's some sort of transcript, but they shortened the word transcript to just be the word trans with oh, a period at the, the end. Oh, the transmission or whatever. Yeah, pop- or yeah. transmission, yeah. The yeah. code that pops up where somebody's talking? But yeah, that yeah. is technically true, but I think they may be reading just a little <laughs> much into it, you know? So many words start with the word trans, more than just the word transgender. Transit cops? Yeah. I'm not saying they didn't put it there on purpose. I'm just saying, you know, that's really subtle. And if that's the level of evidence you have that this whole thing is an allegory for being trans, then you don't have a very good argument. Well, to they got to have more than that. They do have a few other examples, but they don't make any of the good examples, right? They talk about how at the end of the movie, it pops up system failure at the end. The mm-hmm. camera zooms in between the M and the F. As though it's creating this giant space between (laughs) male male and female. female. Yeah. Um. So they talk about that, but they don't talk about the obvious parts of Morpheus sitting down with you and saying, okay, by day you're this person, by night you're this person. It's time for you to decide which of these people you're going to be. Because that is the trans story. Every single one starts out their normal day job. They cross-dress at night. And then eventually they make a decision about which one of these they're going to be. Hey, that, yeah. That had trans written all over it. But no one talks about that. That's just an interpretation of something that otherwise has no evidence to back it up whatsoever. In the case of the movie, we're talking about a computer geek who's a hacker at night and during the day he's a programmer at a respectable company. Sure. It is the trans experience, though. And it's... They didn't even mean for it to be that way. It's also the experience of anyone living a double life. Yes, also a yeah. valid point. I mean, there's plenty of people who moonlight doing things that they otherwise wouldn't want. Like the classic example, a teacher 
during the day who's a stripper at night, right? Like there's <laughs> these stories. Also, yep. These stories happen. There are people who live two different lives for whatever reason. And someone, it them, someone so. else pointed out that, you know, it, it's all about transforming yourself into another person and assuming this other identity. I was like, yeah, but that's just the hero's journey. That's just a work of fiction is some random person becomes the one true hero and they slowly evolve into that in these new circumstances. That's just how fiction works. My question would be, why wouldn't they just put a trans character? Well, well they, they did they, attempt to, sort of. That's where this all kind of stems from is the trans, and I actually told you about it while yeah, we were but watching it. they didn't. Well, right. They couldn't. So, the, Sony mm, said no. Oh. Was it Sony or Warner Brothers? I don't remember. Warner Brothers produced the movies from what I understand. Whoever was producing it said, no, you can't do that. Mm. So they went with as non-binary of a character as they could find, presumably. The character's name is Switch in the original, the white-haired uh, girl with the short hair. And that's apparently the original vision for Switch was that when Switch went into the Matrix, Switch would be the opposite gender of what Switch looks like outside of the matrix yeah, but that it, they didn't do that which was to be a male outside the matrix and female inside of i don't remember which way it was but yeah that's which i think they should have allowed because that would have been awesome because it be makes cool. perfect sense yeah. because you sitting there you've never opened your eyes you have no idea what your body would actually look like so that matrix interpretation of you is just 100 complete fiction that's my biggest part of this movie is that neo and mr anderson look exactly alike why he's never seen himself before why would he picture himself looking like himself he has no idea what he looks like none of these people people do they could have done it in the newest movie too made a trans character well apparently people didn't. are saying that the new movie is all this and that for trans so we, we can get into that too on the number here 603-283-6160 and you can share your thoughts free talk lives video archives have been on library for years library is an uncensorable decentralized blockchain-based media sharing protocol and we're big fans of it here on free talk live in 2020 library launched odyssey a video sharing website to compete with youtube and it's really taking off now with over 1 million channels many of whom are disaffected youtube creators during youtube's crackdown for not towing the government line on covid the free talk live youtube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, talking about the Matrix films and whether or not they are an allegory for trans people. Our resident trans person says she doesn't think so. Uh, but we'll get it digging a little bit deeper here. Of course, phones are open. You can bring up anything you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Although... The creators of the films did acknowledge at some point that the character of Switch in the original Matrix was originally intended to be trans in that the person would change their gender 
whether or not they were in or out of the Matrix, essentially. Yeah, and I really hate that that didn't make it into the movie. Yeah, it would have been a cool thing. Yeah, and I don't think that would have bothered anybody Well, at the I time. guess the movie executives decided that that was too much for audiences at that time. In 1999? I mean, I don't feel like people were that... You know, I, I don't know if they were or Maybe not, were. but it made it clear that it was a virtual world and that yeah, and you can be whoever you want to be. Right? It's just a movie. It's not like they would have to, the masses would have to meet this character in real life. And they could have done it in some ways intentionally to frustrate people, like having a scene fade from the from the male real version of this person into the female matrix version of this person. Mm-hmm. If they could find a male and female who looked similar enough and that probably would have upset some conservatives or something, but I don't think most people would have even made the connection even then. But even then, it wouldn't be the same as like being a person who grew up and then decided to change or transition to the other gender. It would just be that they were not who they were in the Matrix. So it wouldn't. I don't see how it would offend religious people. It would have made Morpheus a statement about, oh, well, you're just projecting your residual image mm-hmm. of yourself. Make even more sense about why that person continued to be female inside the Matrix, because it was just a residual image of how they understood themselves. Well, if they understood themselves as the whatever they were in the Matrix, it might be kind of sad, because then they'd have to come out and be like, what, I'm not a girl? And <laughs> yeah, that's that to... true. That could really <laughs> screw them up. Yeah. Well, anyway, they decided not to, but does, does that not mean that they've put secret trans messages into the films? Apparently, some people in the consensus in the trans community, as they call it, think that the whole thing is a whole like statement about being trans. And you don't necessarily buy that, uh, Aria, but we'll continue with that discussion here in moments. And if you want to weigh in, you can as well. But let's go to your phone calls and thoughts. Alex is on the line first in Colorado watching us online. Go ahead, Alex. Hi. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to tell you guys, thank you so much for your show and sure. everything that you guys do. You have totally helped open my eyes to seeing what's really going on in the world. So thank you. Happy to help. Um, Okay, so my question for you guys is, what are your thoughts and opinions on uh, the Bitcoin in El Salvador? I was reading up about it, and it sounds like if you buy a bond there, uh, you can become a citizen there, and the president there isn't mandating, like, you know, any of the COVID vaccine or the uh, mask mandates, and just wondering what you're That's not what I heard last year about that president. As I understood it, he was requiring, oh. um, I don't know if it was vaccines, but certainly I believe there was a mask mandate. Now, to be fair, I have not done detailed research on him. There are a lot of people who... Isn't he like a power-hungry lunatic, too, who's like replacing, judge, firing judges and like... I've heard that, too, about him, yeah. He's a typical, you know, government goon. Well, maybe right who, now he's playing the Ron DeSantis government goon angle and saying, oh, I'm all about freedom because but he, attracting he, Bitcoin he, he people. He doesn't seem to be doing he, that, though. He seems to be only about economic freedom as far as freedom from fiat money, and to that end... I agree with him in that. And so I've seen him posting on social media. Uh, His name is Naib Bukele. He's the president of El Salvador. And he has posted explicitly attacking fiat currency. So, I mean, he is absolutely okay. interested in, in undermining fiat and at least from his public statements and obviously this, you know, the, the public statement of accepting Bitcoin as a legal tender within the country uh, certainly in t- in wow. makes that pretty clear. 
they take something that's similar to Bitcoin called the Lightning Network. Yeah, and then you get into that, where you get into the details of what they did in El Salvador, and you find out, oh, look, governments are behaving as governments do, where they're using the threat of force against people to get them to accept Bitcoin. And that I re- that really turns me off. You can't just have your own wallet and send peer-to-peer to in, like, the Edge wallet. I think you can. You can. Oh, you okay. can. But they... I was just... Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no worries. Um, I was just... Um, I follow him on Twitter, and he had said that we'll never mandate the vaccine or hmm. mask mandates. So that's why we, I was just interested in it. Yeah, I, I really bet that he's trying to do a Ron DeSantis thing to attract freedom-loving Bitcoin people with money. Because it would make sense to me that, you know... He could still be a, you know, tyrannical goon and understand that this is just low hanging fruit. Doesn't really matter if people get vaccinated or have the mask on or not because it doesn't stop the spread of coronavirus. Okay, so there is an update. He's like virtue signaling to the freedom people. According to the, uh, let's see, U.S. Embassy on November 17th of this year. The government of El Salvador removed the COVID-19 test and or vaccination requirements for entry. So they did have it. And now it has apparently been undone. So you may be right, Bonnie. Yeah, that's. And now if they're selling bonds to get citizenship in El Salvador or whatever. Yeah. Tell me about that, Alex, because I knew there was going to be some sort of a bond that they were doing for raising money to create this Bitcoin city. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. What have you learned about yeah. that? Because I've only just sort of generally heard about the plans, and it sounds like you might have done some actual research into it. So it looks like you uh, buy the bond, and then you become a citizen in five years. Well, what does a bond cost? Um, let's... And that's a rather long it's time to wait for citizenship. $100,000? Wow. Yeah. If I pay $100,000 for citizenship, it better be instant. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. So the yeah. I, so the idea is you pay $100,000, you become a bondholder, which means that you get a piece of whatever it is that this Bitcoin city turns into. Now, of course, it's a government project, so it's hard to really be too excited about it. But that said... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt again. Um, in five years, yeah, then you become a citizen. Right. Hopefully. Now, would they let you move Hopefully. there anyway on like a temporary resident basis for that five years? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I I didn't seem I didn't do a ton of research on it. I was just calling to see what your guys if you guys knew anything about it. But basically the idea as I understand this bond process is they want people in the crypto community to buy this essentially like a municipal bond or whatever, some sort of a crypto but it's like a crypto bond where they what they want to do and it's it, it's interesting. I mean, I'll give them yeah. this. It's an interesting proposal that like a, you know, a normal bond, you buy this bond and the government, you know, pays it back at some point right that's that's the idea with it with some sort of interest right is the idea and so in this case what you're going to what this supposedly is going to happen is they're going to raise whatever their target goal of however many you know hundreds of millions of dollars i think it's isn't it half a billion or something like that like 500 million do you know 
I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Wait, no, no worries. I, I, like it, I said, is it in crypto? Is it? Well, no, what's going to happen is that they're going to raise the money. I believe in in dollars. Then they're going to buy crypto. They're mm. going to buy Bitcoin specifically, BTC, with that half a billion dollars or whatever the whatever the total is. And they're basically putting a bet on the success of Bitcoin going up over the next five years. And the idea is that the the bondholders will make out as well as Bitcoin does. Over the next five years, essentially, but they'll also be backing this Bitcoin City project, which is supposedly. Will you get any of that Bitcoin though? What would no, be I the t- advantage of doing this versus taking a hundred thousand dollars and putting it into Bitcoin? Is that you would get the benefit of citizenship, so you could in move El Salvador. There, in El Salvador, which, by the way, they're saying that Bitcoin City won't have like a bunch of the usual taxes, so you know, capital gains tax, etc., that sort of thing. Uh, Alex, if you wanted to continue, we can continue the discussion here in moments. I'll, I'll try to pull up a little bit more information about this, because it's certainly a unique proposal. Now, whether or not you think it's a good idea to give more money to a government out there, it's up to you I tend uh, to, think to decide. No. But that said, the idea of buying citizenship for those that can afford it isn't a terrible idea, and this is cheaper than some of the other options. It's Free Talk Live, and the number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about the Bitcoin city. We'll get back into uh, trans messages or not existing messages in uh, the Matrix movies here in a little bit. Um, but we've got callers on the line, and we do love to, uh, to talk to people about different things. And so uh, Alex called in from Colorado asking about El Salvador and the Bitcoin City bond project. And it had been a little while since I saw some details about this, so I went ahead and pulled up a couple of uh, a couple of stories to freshen us up on the topic. And so I do have some information about it, including at least one claim from theblockcrypto.com saying that those who invest in this bond of at least $100,000 worth would only be given the opportunity to apply for citizenship in five years. Now, that's what the media says. It's not an exact quote from the president of El Salvador, so maybe there's something lost in translation. Maybe you will actually be guaranteed to get citizenship for $100,000, or maybe not. Well, he Um, does like to do those dubious things, like he said, it's not going to be forced on you to accept crypto but it was written in the law that it would be forced on you that's a good point bonnie that is really the most important thing to say about the bitcoin mandate down there in in el salvador is naib bukele the president is specifically said in public on you know twitter and in other places in interviews that they will not mandate that people have to accept Bitcoin. But the law says something else. Correct. So they totally could, or the next guy that gets elected uh, could uh, could mandate that. So the fact that they wrote this law to be a mandate is something that all freedom-loving people should oppose. Unfortunately, the Bitcoin community is not full of freedom-loving people as it once was. The Bitcoin community is, it seems like the bulk of people are just there to make a buck 
and they don't care. Sadly. Yeah, they they just love the idea that there's a government mandating that people accept Bitcoin, even though that totally goes against sort of the original ethos of the idea of Bitcoin, which, you know, the creator of which, Satoshi Nakamoto, arguably is probably, you know, an anarchist or some level at some level. Uh, he wants to take down governments and government monies around the world. So I don't think Satoshi Nakamoto saw this one coming within the first 20 years of Bitcoin. And we don't have him here, him or her here to ask about it. But, but Alex, you'd called in about well, this. So, is it sounds? Is it? Are you somebody who's considering buying into this bond? And can you buy in for less than a hundred thousand? Can you do a thousand bucks or uh, or ten thousand or something like that? I I'm pretty sure it's no, you can't. But hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. If um if there is gonna be a mandate, I'd rather be on Bitcoin than wearing a mask or uh, injecting some poison into my body. So, I mean, I see where you're coming from. It's just I would hate to see somebody go to jail because they decided they didn't want to accept Bitcoin. I think that it doesn't matter what the mandate is. It's the fact that you give the government the ability to mandate anything, then they'll do whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, Bitcoin is supposed to be better be, and it's supposed to be crypto in general is supposed to be a choice for people that people see as, oh, hey, I like this idea. I want to do this. I want to adopt this. And if you put a gun to somebody's head and say, which is what the you know, government mandates are, essentially it's a threat of violence backing up every one of their mandates, you put a gun to somebody's head, then that might turn some people off who otherwise might want to, you know, might have listened to you and might have taken these ideas seriously. I mean, the guy always could have been like, okay, look, if you're in El Salvador... I will give you $25 in Bitcoin if you'll install a Bitcoin wallet. They did that, actually. It was, I think, 30 bucks worth. Yes, but he did it as the government. Yes, that's true. And not a, a private Taxpayers individual. Taxpayers paid for it, and yeah. He, he could have said, hey, and if you're a business willing to interest in accepting cryptocurrency, I'll, I'll come out and help you set it up personally. He could have done that. Yeah. He didn't. He said, I'm going to weaponize the state and use that to make people do what I think is best. And I'm against that. Even if I happen to agree that what he thinks is best probably is for the best, it's not my call to make. And it's not his call to make either. Would you move there, Alex, if you could get citizenship? If you, know, if you had the $100,000 worth and it, they were guaranteeing uh, citizenship to anybody that invested at that level, would that be something that would make you want to leave Colorado and, and go live there? Uh, yeah, I, I would, actually. Things are getting seems unfortunately i try and be positive but things are getting worse here than it is so Mm. it's definitely something i have on the back burner considering with a family and kids and we're not uh we're not going to back down and get the vaccine and do masks and uh so yeah thinking about it yeah i mean he's making an interesting pitch here bukele according to the article at the blockcrypto.com this was published about a month ago Uh, says that Bitcoin City, which would have its own mayor, would not charge residents or businesses income tax, capital gain taxes, property tax, or payroll tax. So So they're just going to count on the value of Bitcoin going up to make their revenue. Well, there is going to be a tax proposal, and I I actually had not seen this before, because I remember seeing him saying which taxes weren't going to be present, and I found myself thinking, okay, what what taxes are they going to have? A 10% value-added tax uh-huh. on purchases to pay for city upkeep. So basically you're going to have... So it's a sales tax. 
Well, a value-added tax is a different thing than a sales tax. Value-added tax appears, we don't have them in the United States, so we're not used to them. But from what I understand about them in Europe, they're common. In other places, they're pretty common. What happens with a value-added tax is they hit you with a sales tax for 10%, but they also hit the wholesaler at uh, 10%. So anytime the good changes hands, as I understand it, in the sort of the production process or, or whatever, I'm not sure how many times it gets hit, but it does get hit more than once. So it's not just when you buy it at the cash register. It's also whenever the manufacturer sells it to the wholesaler. How can anyone support so this? If there's a 10% tax that the wholesaler has to pay as well, they're not just going to lose that 10% of profit. Yeah, the- they're going to pass that to the consumer, of course, which is going to increase prices and make you pay even more sales tax. You're going to be correct. paying like 20%. Right, but you don't see it. At the register. So you only see the sales tax at the register. You don't Just see... Just like people don't see the inflation and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. There's something like that going on in the United States. I don't know if they call it the value-added tax because that's what Mr. Penguin is always talking about here on the air. Uh, Chris, who's on our Friday night shows, he's always saying that the tax that the wholesalers for computer products has to pay gets passed on the consumer and it's about 13% at, in, on yeah. the things at walmart that's a good the point electronics at walmart you're, you're talking about the tariffs you're mm-hmm. talking about import taxes basically which oh, that's is, what it is. essentially are very similar but the value added tax would be applied to all products manufactured uh or moving around in that particular vicinity as i understand it but but that said i mean there's sales taxes everywhere so with the exception of places like new hampshire so the fact that that, that would be the purportedly would be the only tax that they have Okay. I mean, that is going to attract a lot of people. And and what he's doing here is a smart move to say, okay, let's make a place where these Bitcoin people want to be, right? Because capital gains for people who are into like paying taxes by the cross all your T's, dot all the I's, get everything right, hire, hire your accountants and all that. The capital gains thing in the United States is completely untenable. The idea that you somehow have to track the crypto that you buy and then track the crypto that you sell and somehow know which crypto was which because it all gets mixed into the same wallet together and like how you figure this crap out is like completely Yeah, that point 3 bitcoin that you that you sold back to Coinbase or whatever was that the point 3 that you bought when it was $5,000 right. or when it was $33,000? I don't know. And so like that's what they're trying to do. So that that's, that's not possible. It's insane is what it is, but yet now the the IRS is demanding people give them all kinds of information about the crypto that they're they're buying so you can understand why a lot of the crypto people are looking for options like this so it's smart of bukele to say hey we're going to build a place for you and then he sees Come on down how florida has gained the most population of all the 50 states this year and he's doing a copycat of Ron DeSantis, like getting rid of the vaccine mandates yeah that kind and of acting thing. like his he's a fake freedom lover so that way people will want to move there yeah you can't trust this guy because he's a government goon but you know for the good things that he is doing which is to say he's speaking out against fiat currency and that's really the only thing that i fully agree with with him on is to trash publicly fiat currency good for him for that well they have a know? head start in el salvador where they don't have their own fiat currency correct mm-hmm. correct the dollar is the other uh, official currency there so they've got two different legal tenders alex it's uh, it's interesting if you ever go down there definitely give us a call and and let us know what it's like we had a we had a guy call in a few months ago about like maybe like a few weeks after they started their experiment with accepting 
uh, mandating Bitcoin acceptance down there. And he told us that it was a total, you know, total cluster F when it came to like installing the government wallet and, you know, minimum purchases. They had like a $5 minimum. So, you know, if you're just going to go buy like a churro or a taco or something like that, you wouldn't have been able to use it. So there's definitely some uh, some bumps in the road, but it is an interesting situation. And I thank you for your call and thanks for bringing it up here tonight. Um, and I, I, I'm curious to see how this bond thing turns out. I mean, they're trying to raise, apparently it's a billion dollars, not half a million or uh, not half a billion. More coming up. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour of the program. Phones are open here. If you want to join us, you can do that. The number is 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. 603-283-6160. We're going to get back into the discussion about the Matrix films. The first three, because Aria hasn't seen the, the fourth one yet. We can um, talk about the second one tomorrow night, though. I mean, the, the new one, the fourth one. Right. Um, and so, but specifically the trans consensus, which is a uh, pronoun that you learned recently when someone told you that you were not in the consensus, apparently. It's not a pronoun. Oh, no, it was used as... It was used as a pronoun. No, a proper noun. A proper noun, That's what you meant, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. And it yeah, was used as a noun. proper noun. Right. Uh, that uh, <laughs> That you were told you were not part of the consensus, because I wasn't like explicitly told that, but they kept using that word, the consensus says, and telling me that I was wrong or not part of the trans community because <laughs> I disagreed with the tra- uh, consensus. It is, it's so bizarre to me that despite being trans, I could somehow not be part of the trans community, and it's because of an ideological difference. We're they accepting. just needed, they needed some kind of... Uh, you know, gymnastics to go around the fact that they were disagreeing with a trans person and being rude to a trans person while trying to defend all trans people. We want trans people to feel welcome unless they disagree with us. Yeah, but like I'm literally <laughs> trans. By definition, I'm part of the whatever trans community there is. So we can get back into it. Uh, but first we go to Clamoring. She is on the line in New Hampshire. Go ahead. Hi there. <laughs> so um, this might be a little messy. Okay. I just kind of wanted to talk about how minors, specifically those in the foster system, aren't really in control of their lives. 
Ooh, that's got to suck. Yeah, I've, we've definitely spoke, spoken with people who've been part of the foster system, and it's just a nightmare for them in a lot of cases being moved around uh, to different families, some of whom might be abusive in the worst cases. And ultimately, uh, what have you seen? Because as I understand it, you are a foster mom now? I am, yes. Mm-hmm. And am as an anarchist and a foster parent um, and a single mom, mind you, um, I have a hard time with the state being in my house, as as we've talked about before. Um, they have to do, like, inspections and stuff. Mm. They have to come in my house and see things. Um, but I've seen some really messed up situations where kids absolutely should be removed to a healthier situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, there's no real um, good anarchist solution for that. I mean... If a kid's being abused, if you've got a five-year-old kid who is being abused and you know they're being abused, you can't just be like, oh, non-aggression principle, it's not my place, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, and so, yeah, the non-aggression principle doesn't really apply across the board. Like right. we were talking the other night about how if you've got somebody who's insane, uh, then in a lot of cases you have to restrain that person against their will so they don't hurt themselves or others. And the non-aggression principle just does not work in that circumstance. And I think a lot of people would agree that if you were to come across a child that was being abused, that most people would agree it would be okay to take that person away or you know take that child away uh, from that person as long as you can prove it right or as long as the child right. would agree like yeah I didn't want to be there you know in which case well it- you can't fully trust that either right because the five year old is still they still love their dad that's beating them or whatever hmm. yeah that's a perfect point perfect point so my foster daughter um, right now is uh, fourteen years old. So she's a teenager, which is a little bit new to me. Um, and she was she has a weird situation where she was adopted by her parents at about a year and a half old. And now she's 14, and they are unadopting her. Oh, hmm. wow. Did you know that this was a thing? I didn't. Like, you can just choose not to. Well, I mean, you can do it with a dog or a cat, so I guess it makes sense you could do it with a kid. Yeah. yeah, but see, I oppose all of that, man. It doesn't make what, sense. <laughs> yeah, once you make this commitment to upbring this thing, or in the case mm-hmm. of a cat or dog, to to let it be your ward for the rest of its natural life, I mean, that's a commitment that you... I get what you're you saying, sh- but I know of one guy who had a real habit of like beating the dog that he had adopted, and he that person recently gave... You know, gave the dog up, and uh, I think it was the—I don't know if I would say beating, but you know, it was a little more harsh than I would have supported sure. uh, necessarily. Um, but he gave that dog up. Was that the right thing to do? But, I think it was. Com- that comes back to the question of you know uh, people beating their kids or whatever, and it being you know morally justified to extract the child from that situation. Mm-hmm. But if. You're not beating the child. You just decide you don't want them anymore. It's You're pretty like, messed up. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Well, is that what happened? Do you know, Clamoring, what the reasons were for the, the parents to do this? Um, the adopted she parents? may not be able they to were, divulge they them. They were wishy-washy at best. Mm, okay. Pretty much like they didn't want to have her anymore. Like, we just and... want to go party and travel. We don't want to have this kid around. Yeah, and and she even told me, she was like, as soon as they get rid of me, they're going to adopt another baby. Okay, for sure, once you unadopt a human being, you should not be able to then adopt another. (laughs) You know, I'm not a fan of laws and regulations and that things, but I think 
you know, a person who's going to let you adopt a kid should do their research, maybe mm-hmm. a background check or something like that, and should find out, oh, this person already adopted a child, and mm. then was like, eh, I don't want to do this So anymore. they like having the child at a younger age, but don't like them yeah. when they talk back at a teenage uh, age, basically. Mm-hmm. Isn't that yeah. what the foster program is kind of for, so that that type of person could just foster a child from like age two to five or whatever? But the the system is so broken right now, it's just... It's ridiculous. Well, I suspect it's always been broken, but what? When you say right now, what do you mean? Um, I I just mean like um, everybody wants babies. It's it's. Hmm. Uh, I don't even want to say tangentially, but it's basically child trafficking, in my opinion. I don't know what, what you mean by that, but as I understand it, like all of the people who adopt, they want a baby, right? They don't want to adopt a fourteen-year-old. Right, right. Exactly. Okay. But what do you mean by it's child trafficking? Like they're putting them to work in the fields or what? No, 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 no. I, do, I don't mean that. I mean, everybody wants babies. I mean, I'm in a whole bunch of different groups and um, things and everybody's like, where can I get a newborn? And this, when you say everybody, you mean these are foster parents who are saying this? Yeah. Huh, that's so weird to me. So do you, as a foster parent, get to say like a preference of I I want to deal with teenagers, I want to deal with only uh, babies or et cetera or whatever? Yes, I do. And mm-hmm. I have told uh, DCYF in New Hampshire, that's basically CPS, um, I only want older children because I am not personally looking to adopt. So I'm like, if somebody needs a safe place to land for however many months or whatever, that's fine. Well, so you're in the minority then is what you're saying. There are not that many people in the foster system that are willing to take on older kids. It's my understanding, yes. Mm, Okay. Well, thanks for doing that. Yeah, I don't get why anyone would prefer a baby whose diaper you have to change. You have to give it a bottle, wake up (laughs) during the middle of the night. It can't do any chores. You can't get it to take the garbage out or anything like that. Well, you probably can't get a teenager to do that stuff either, but the teenager, you don't have to, like, all right, here here comes your spoonful of food or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the the worst worst case scenario is I have to to listen to a little too much Jonas Brothers. (laughs) Nice. Well, going back to what you said your original topic was, wouldn't it be more ideal if somebody who gets unadopted, if they felt themselves able to, could just go live their life doing whatever it is they want to do instead of having to, you know, go and get sent into a foster home? I think 14 is kind of young, but... I don't know. A 14-year-old who's like unadopted from their parents is going to be like kicked out of their home with nothing to call their own. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they could possibly recover from that. But, Bonnie, that's a really great point, and that is something that I am trying to impart on this 14-year-old girl. I'm like, hey, how can you survive in the world on your own? Like, let's talk about finances. Let's talk about how to secure homes, etc. Yeah, and unfortunately, the state works against you in that way as well. And thank you, Clamoring, for uh, sharing your experience here tonight. Feel free to call another time with any other adventures in foster care. As an anarchist, it's got to be a really awkward uh, situation to be in. Thank you for the call. Uh, but, you know, the state works against you by saying to 14-year-olds, basically, yeah, you can't work. I mean, it's technically legal, mm. but the regulations are so heavy on 14- and 15-year-olds, most people won't hire them. This is Free Talk Live. 
open here at 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. And we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business and organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. And now Intercoin is available on an exchange for the first time. They've got their investor token available at xmarkets.com. exmarkets.com. You can sign up with just an email address so you keep your privacy intact, uh, which is unheard of when it comes to centralized exchanges. So you can sign up over there, xmarkets.com, and deposit dozens of different cryptos, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, and then use the Tether to buy ITR, which is the Intercoin Investor Token. You can learn more about the Intercoin vision at intercoin.org and buy or sell ITR on xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. We go back to more of your calls and thoughts Someone calling themselves Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hold on. Is it CW? Hey, what, yeah, what are the traffic pedestrian laws in Bitcoin City, El Salvador? Does anybody know? Any <laughs> car can hit any person and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Bitcoin City doesn't exist yet, Sarah. So we don't oh, know. Okay. No, no. I actually have a real question. So yeah. thought experiment. What if tomorrow Chris Sununu, your governor were to enact the same policies as El Salvador, where there were no taxes, um, you know, you, you could, Bitcoin was a currency. Like, how would you react? Do you think you'd have the same reaction as you do towards the current situation in El Salvador? Would it be different? Well, if, if for instance, well, first of all, in order for them to be able to say there was a legal tender in New Hampshire, I think New Hampshire would need to secede first. So are we... Would pr- they? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Well, let's just forget New, about well, that New Hampshire part. has some sort of weird currency thing going on where, like, the New Hampshire gold back couldn't even have the word currency on it. Yeah, I guess they could accept Bitcoin for tax payments, and that would effectively make it kind of a legal tender. But but it's not an illegal tender in the first place. But to That's an- true. To answer this question, either way, I would feel the exact same as the way I feel about El Salvador. It should not be mandated to businesses. There's a business up true. the street. I've asked her if she would take crypto for her fish food she said no nope. and she said no no it's too complicated for me I, I don't believe that that person should be mandated to accept crypto even though i think it'd be a really good idea for her because she doesn't like uh credit card fees right he asked a good question though and it's really made me think you know if if sununu was to do that say okay we're, we're getting rid of all of these taxes there's just a sales tax now which there isn't in right. New Hampshire. But if he wants to implement one to get rid of all the others, okay, I understand that at least, right? Because then you're not penalizing people for saving and investing. You're just penalizing people for spending. Mm-hmm. And 100%, you're totally okay to use cryptocurrencies. We're not going to, you know, we're going to treat it as equal to the USD. I would see, but I can't even imagine the scenario where Sununu does it in this way that El Salvador was. But to the point, I would be more happy about it happening in New Hampshire than I am about it happening in El Salvador. I still wouldn't approve of it, but it would bother me ever so slightly less. It seems like a major step towards freedom, though, right? Like you're mandating a currency that is decentralized and cannot be manipulated by a centralized reserve or bank. Is that what you were saying? You were proposing that the Sununu mandate people accept Bitcoin? I don't believe that you can achieve freedom through mandates. I, no, I, I, got, I got that. I, I just feel like that would be such a huge 
step. Like You I, can't I, take I'm a step it, toward freedom through mandates. If it was a choice, if um, we were just now suddenly allowed to do those things, but it wasn't mandated that all businesses accept crypto, I'd be so excited. The only thing that they should do if they're going to do something regarding cryptocurrency is abolish all laws regarding things like money transmission, banking, all of that stuff. Any kind of regulations on money in New Hampshire. If they want to, they can have government agencies accept cryptocurrency as an option for payments. Like if somebody for whatever reason wants to pay a tax in crypto, uh, you know, that could be an option for them and that would make it kind of like kind of legal tender. But yeah, I got to agree with the with my co-host here. It is not a step in the right direction to mandate people accept cryptocurrency. That just creates resentment. And that's why you've seen in El Salvador, if you've been watching what's been going on down there, there have been protests, anti-Bitcoin protests. And when you actually talk to some of the people who are having the protests, they'll tell you that they're not so much against Bitcoin as they are against being forced into accepting Bitcoin. Especially if there was some Sununu wallet that you had to use. That'd be a oh, no-no. Well, you don't have wallet? to use the El Salvador wallet. Uh-huh. You don't. But they're pushing well, it heavily. If, Go ahead. If you guys woke up tomorrow and Bitcoin was the legal currency, not the U.S. dollar, which is being inflated you know, extraordinarily every day, mm-hmm. right? Like, how, how could you not be ecstatic about that? You've been talking about Bitcoin for 10 years. It feels like you're being very rigid I, and I, I trust me i've listened to you guys for a long time and i know how rigid that that our principles can be and and that's gotten you know me to be stronger with my principles but well you have to understand um, it, there's a difference between bitcoin being legal and legal tender legal tender is government force that says that all debts public and private in the case of the united states it may mean different things in other countries but here mm-hmm. All debts, public and private, you must be able to pay them with the U.S. dollar. That is what legal tender means here. And now that's not how it's being used down in El Salvador, where they're saying that every merchant must accept it. That's actually not the case They still have the dollar. In in El Salvador, they still have the dollar. And it is also legal tender there. It might be a different story if instead of having one thing, the U.S. dollar, for U.S. tender, they they had Bitcoin for... Uh, legal tender. I think it the caller misunderstands our love for Bitcoin. We love Bitcoin because it's a way to secure freedom. It's the best tool that we've seen to secure freedom in our lifetimes. So, but so we value, hold on, we value freedom far more than we value Bitcoin. Bitcoin is just a tool that we're using to achieve freedom. It's the freedom that we want. It's not the Bitcoin. It's the freedom that Bitcoin can get us. And if Bitcoin is being forced on people, then we're not any closer to freedom, no matter how much Bitcoin we have. Mm. No, I definitely see your point. You make a really good point. No, I guess I'll just end with, you know, what if the government were to mandate it and because of Bitcoin's decentralization and freedom, it were to quickly... It's not freedom people. if it's mandated, though. Well, hold on. Any 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 stranglehold the government had, Bitcoin might wipe that out in a couple of months. Once you get the adoption and Bitcoin's decentralized and it wipes out government control... Okay, and- but the U.S. government isn't going to do that because it has its own fiat money and it has no interest in wiping out government control. I mean, what you're talking about is an impossibility in a country that has See, a central bank. And that's why I said it might be different if they got rid of the dollar in New Hampshire and it was only Bitcoin. Honestly, that's a different situation than the dollar and Bitcoin being mandated. But that's not this. What you're saying is it getting still wouldn't rid be good. Of the, it's not what I would want. When you say get rid of the dollar, are you meaning pro- prohibit the dollar? 
well, because we don't uh, just know, get to wake I, up in the morning and have currency disappear. Okay, that's you know as bad as the dollar is, it isn't just going to disappear tomorrow. They, we, you know, it, may, it might go into hyperinflation, but it isn't going to disappear. So you don't get that. We're not. Gonna, there's no point in talking yeah. about that. But if we're talking about prohibiting the dollar, I oppose that too. Yeah. If people well, you can turn it dollar, into Bitcoin should, or something. If people want to use the dollar, they should be free to use the dollar. If people want to use Bitcoin, they should be free to use Bitcoin. The freedom answer is to say government get out of money and have no say at all in what people can and can't use. And then let the market decide. Thank you for the call, Sarah. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. But all of this ridiculous what-if fantasy because the U.S. government, like the Venezuelan government has a central bank and they intend to use it and they will use it until they can't anymore and that unfortunately is a a distant place we cannot see on the horizon right now more coming up Talk live. Phones open here. Actually, pretty busy night on the phones on a Monday night here. You can join us and bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. Here in the studio, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. 603-283-6160. Don't forget, you can join us online. We've got our social media site over at social.freetalklive.com. We run the site. It's not some sort of big tech thing where they tell you what you can and can't say ban you with no reason whatsoever i uh, just found out by the way that uh, former co-host here vincent was uh, had his youtube channel deleted without notice they just terminated wow. his channel didn't tell him why and uh, luckily he's they over- tend to do that yeah luckily he's over on odyssey and uh, so of course so are we and you can join our social media platform. So if you get deleted, like the libertarians on Twitter continue to complain every week, some new libertarians getting banned off of Twitter, and all they do is say, oh, man, you know, they get angry about it, right? Like, they go, F this, and they never actually leave Twitter. They never actually go anywhere else to, uh, you know, create a new profile on, say, a Mastodon server like we Of course have. not. Like a lot of people, they don't want to actually solve problems. They just want to complain. Complain about it, yeah. And they commiserate with each other in their yes. complaining. So you can, if you want to actually do something different, go to social.freetalklive.com. We're not telling you you have to abandon your other social media profiles. It's just maybe you want to have one for if something bad happens over on the other social medias. And there's actually pretty easy instructions to use services like IFTTT, which stands for if this, then that, uh, and use that to actually cross-post, which is what I do. I post to my social.freetalklive.com account first and then it's automatically cross-posted over to twitter which is the other place that i still have a social media account so i don't actually post to twitter that's done automatically and you can set that up easily go to social.freetalklive.com there's actually i think some instructions that i put in the site on one of the initial pages that'll kind of go over that for you if you want to learn that process doesn't take very long to set up all right so we go back to your calls and thoughts we go to joe he's in maryland and you're on free talk live Hey, happy holidays, everybody. Hi, Joe. What's on your mind tonight? Hi. Okay, let me tell you a little story, and you guys can decide whether you believe it or not. This is what I heard. All right. Because you guys are into Bitcoin and everything like that. Uh, there was this uh, international criminal in Europe, and he was a superior mathematician to the max. Well, 
some of his shipments got caught and his men rolled on him. So naturally, he sent his associates to see those men. And a big thing happened. So he was exposed even more and more. Well, he was on the run. Then he finally got to Brazil. He got caught. When he got caught, that's when Toshi Yagamoto disappeared. Yeah, I've heard this story. I forget the guy's name. Do you remember the guy's name? I can't remember his name because I told you I had that operation. Yeah, there, there is a theory out there that there is some sort of really brilliant criminal uh, mastermind who is in yeah. a prison cell and that they believe that he's Satoshi Nakamoto. And I'm sure if you were to look up, like, guy in prison Satoshi Nakamoto, you'd probably figure out who he is and why they make those allegations. Oh, so had, you're saying you buy that story? You think that's you think that's the truth about the creator of Bitcoin? Well, he's not buried. He still sees sunlight. How do we know that that's when he disappeared? What I does that mean? That that you was, I'm said I'm telling you a story, and you believe. No, I just mean. What does it mean by that's when Satoshi Nakamoto disappeared? That's like the day he stopped doing things, when, and what things he, was he doing? When he went when he went to Brazil, and he was really on the big time run, and got caught. That's when Satoshi Nakamoto stopped typing. So what he's referring to is Satoshi Nakamoto would still post after releasing Bitcoin. There were a couple more years where he was still a there were forum posts and newsletters, a, right, and stuff. a character basically on the internet that you could, in theory, interact with. You could send him messages on a forum, etc. Uh, and so you're saying it corresponded. The guy being put in prison, who apparently had some technical ability, he wasn't just your average like Pablo Escobar thug. Uh, apparently, no, not even not even close to being average when it comes to mathematician. Probably about 180. Uh, but you don't remember and, the guy's uh, name. So any, what else did you want to say about it? No, I was, I was just saying, uh, I also heard that, you know how they, uh, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Marco say, you know, they bury these guys in a prison that's underground and stuff like that. Mm. Well, he's not buried underground, mm-hmm. what I heard. And I think, you know, they watch him every day to see, not sure he's not going to be stupid to go to a computer, but he won't even touch a computer and stuff like that. I'm just saying, I told you a story. You can believe what you want to believe. Yeah, I mean, there's so, nothing to believe or disbelieve. There's nothing there upon which I am inclined to establish a belief. It's a cool story, okay. bro. Yeah. Thank you for the call tonight, Joe. Appreciate it. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. My question would just be, why even do silly crimes that you could get caught for if you were the creator of bitcoin and you understood what bitcoin really was and that you would be very rich one day it's certainly tragic to think of satoshi nakamoto as being someone who's rotting away in a prison as bitcoin has is exploding throughout the world true honestly given the possibilities it it would rest easier on my mind to just believe that satoshi nakamoto is dead well if he if this person is satoshi nakamoto and this person will get out of jail one day it would actually be kind of smart like sitting in jail when you're playing Monopoly and just collecting and watching your your Bitcoin balance go up year yeah. after year. Uh here's the guy's name. I pulled it up. His name is Paul Solotchi. S S O L O T S H I. Paul Solotchi Calder which sounds a little bit like Satoshi. Calder LaRue, according to an article written at investinblockchain.com by Jeremy Wall in 2019, then 46-year-old criminal mastermind, is the creator of encryption software E4M and TrueCrypt, 
which is the cryptography encryption software Satoshi Nakamoto likely used to lock up his 1 million Bitcoin and author of an uncannily similar manifesto to the one in Bitcoin's white paper written back in 1998. So his manifesto was written in 98. Bitcoin's white paper came out in 2008. So it's like it's worth looking into as far as hypotheses go. They say that LaRue, uh, LaRue employs similar spelling and language in his writing style to that of Satoshi. He's interested in gambling. Uh, and Bitcoin's initial code, it says, had a poker client included. And what's more, he's been in jail since 2012. How old is he? Uh, 46 as of 2019, so he'd be about 48 today. Nice. That's probably the reason why the Bitcoin hasn't been moved. Again, if you believe this this particular theory, uh, they do have a little I bit I do more. like thinking about the possibility that Satoshi Nakamoto is still alive, and maybe one day Satoshi Nakamoto will speak publicly or something. Right, because there was recently that court case, Kleiman versus Wright. For that where, reason alone, I would love <laughs> to see it. Where the suggestion was that, well, beyond that Craig Wright claiming constantly that he's Satoshi, but yet never never proving it, uh, the other party in that case, Dave Kleiman, is ostensibly Satoshi and can't do anything about it because he's dead. Right. So that's the other theory is Dave Kleiman is Satoshi, who died several years ago. Also, I believe... Uh, around the time Satoshi disappeared. So uh, LaRue is Hearing also... this guy had experience in encryption, though, I wasn't impressed when I heard he was a mathematician because yeah. I'm not an expert on encryption, but I'm pretty sure being a brilliant mathematician isn't going to help you a whole lot with that. It didn't hurt, but yeah. But if you he's gotta... also an expert on encryption, huh? That... Interestingly, he's also apparently a former cartel boss, drug smuggler, arms dealer, and an informant to the DEA... And a genius programmer, according to I don't know if I could story. believe that Satoshi Nakamoto was an informant. I wouldn't want to believe that. It doesn't sound like Satoshi Nakamoto. The rest sounds like what I would believe a Satoshi Nakamoto. Okay, he's an advocate of the free market. Kudos to him. LaRue's a Wikipedia page says he lived an eventful life with a career that included gold smuggling, precious metals mining, logging, land deals, drugs and arms, trafficking, money laundering, assassinations, encryption software development, and more. Apparently, he's in custody now for ordering the assassinations of six people. Does that mean he's in there for life? I don't have the answer to that question. Uh, but uh, they say he was a brilliant programmer and a vicious cartel boss who became a prized U.S. government asset. So there you go. That's that's the theory. Is it really him? Who knows? Maybe we'll know one day. Maybe, maybe we will find out someday. But for now, the mystery is still out there. Now we're going to continue here. Another mystery is... The Matrix series all about being trans. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones open here if you want to join us. You can. The number, 603-283-6160. Whether it is the international intrigue of who is Satoshi Nakamoto, the programmer of Bitcoin, that thing that has completely changed the face of finance in the last decade. Matt, whether Paul LaRoe is Satoshi Nakamoto or not, based on what you were saying during the break about uh, Craig Wright's uh, apparent involvement in having LaRoe ultimately incarcerated, I would not want to be Craig Wright. When LaRue gets out, you mean? (laughs) 
Yeah, it's an interesting situation. Uh, we don't know what all the details are, but the speculation here at the story, and I'll post it on our social media so you can read the whole thing for yourself. They link to some of the documents and such uh, over at investinblockchain.com. Speculation is that this LaRue guy, this criminal mastermind supposedly, was somehow tied in with Wright because he his name appears in what is supposed to be a redacted document in the Craig Wright case where Craig Wright's this guy that claims to be Satoshi Nakamoto but has never proven it. And it would be a relatively simple thing for the real Satoshi to stand up and be seen and be proven. It would take minutes. It, yeah, it would be very easy for uh, the real Satoshi to do, but he's never done it. And so the suggestion here is that these two knew each other. Perhaps Wright was an employee of LaRue's in some way. And that Wright, you know, sent him up the river, basically ratted him out to the cops, somehow helped the police bust LaRue. And Probably then, thinking he could, you know, access those encrypted hard drives for himself. Yeah, and then somehow got his hands on some, you know, some of the wallets, but ultimately they weren't able to crack them. If he showed that he was Satoshi Nakamoto by signing something, just something simple like that, would it put him in any more danger than it does for him to go around saying, I'm Satoshi Nakamoto, I'm Satoshi Nakamoto? If he actually proved he was the real Satoshi? Yeah, would it put him in any kind of danger of somebody trying to kill him? Yeah, I would say it would. So maybe, I mean, that could be why he won't do it. Yeah, governments are the, I mean, they're probably not taking Craig Wright seriously because the, I mean, really the figureheads in government are stupid, but the machinery behind government's not overly stupid. And it knows that it would be very easy for Craig Wright to actually prove that he was Satoshi Mm -hmm. if he was Satoshi. So they're just not Not taking the claim. time with it. All right, let's get back to the other story, Aria. You wanted to share. I don't know if you even got into it. Actually, we we talked we touched about, on it a little bit. There's a story. Where's it coming from? MSNBC. Oh, obviously. right, yeah. right, right. And they're uh, they're talking about all this hubbub surrounding the Matrix films, where only after the creators of the Matrix, the Wachowski, then Wachowski brothers, now the Wachowski sisters, Lana and Lily, I believe. Uh, that And by the way, they didn't come out at the same time, from what I understand. One of them came out as trans, and then some number of years later, I think the other one did. Yes, but, um, anyway, 2012 and I think 2016. Yeah, so it was after one of them came out as trans that all of a sudden people started saying, oh yeah, 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 we should have seen it all along. The Matrix was all about being trans. And so what do you have to say about that? Well, that's exactly what they're arguing here. That Well, they don't actually make the claim here. They just link to one of their articles where they do make the claim. But mm-hmm. it's being positioned as a trans allegory. The, the, the whole trilogy and allegory. not just... Yes, <laughs> allegory. It remains to be seen that the long-awaited sequel, directed by one of the Wachowski sisters, will tackle trans conversations more overtly than its I predecessor. I, I, I didn't see any... You haven't seen the movie yet, but did you see that, Bonnie, in the fourth Matrix? I didn't either. No. I didn't see a whole lot of it during the original trilogy either, to be fair. Following a year no. of near constant political and media attacks on trans rights in this country, I don't know what year this last person just went through, but I, I, I didn't see any of that. It's worth revisiting the importance of the original Matrix as a fixture of pop culture and looking at the work we as a society still have to do when it comes to trans rights visibility and culture. They talk about the red pill here for a bit and about how evidently this is because the the significance of this and how it relates to trans things is that Primarin, uh, which for those who don't know, stands for it's short for pregnant mare urine. It's a hormone cocktail. Yeah, that's what it's derived from. Oh, my. It's a hormone cocktail, basically, that is more well-rounded than just taking straight up estradiol, which is just 
synthetic estrogen. Estrogen, okay. But it's a brand name one, and it's more expensive, and... I don't know any trans person who's ever taken Primarin. It may, it may have been more popular in the 90s, evidently. And the pr- idea is it comes in a red pill? It comes in a red pill. However, estradiol, which is far more common, is a blue pill. So I can't take the idea of Primarin. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they're doing basically the same thing. So how could they be, oh, red pill and blue pill? Right. right. I mean, if Primarin is supposed to be represented by this red pill, I mean, I, I can accept that, but that would... What is the blue pill supposed to be represented by then? If it couldn't be a stradial, right? Because that breaks the whole allegory that they're trying, or the metaphor that they're trying to create there. It just doesn't work. It's grasping at straws. They are grasping, yeah. It's it's just red and blue because people kind of think of those colors as like opposites. They're not yeah, opposite sure. on the color wheel, but they're kind of just seen as opposites. Democrat sure. and Republican. But what fascinates me most about this entire thing isn't even what MSNBC has to say about it. I said, I posted about this on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And what did you say? I said that, you know, MSNBC says it's an obvious allegory for transitioning and me being a trans person. I think they're probably wrong, but I'm going to look into it anyway. And make, So you make went and watched the mind. movie again. Yes. But it was quite frequently throughout the day, I would receive comments from people posting links to articles that claimed the Wachowski sisters, uh, some people would just comment, but the directors are on record having said that this is the case. People arguing with me about, look, I'm not saying it's not the case. I'm just saying I'm going to watch it and see if this is actually there. So, But what, are they on record saying that's that? That's the really curious thing. I just assumed when I started, when I saw people start posting the articles, I, I didn't read them. I was just mm-hmm. like, look, it's really easy for an artist to transition and then look back through their catalog and realize and think, Oh, this is clearly, you know, metaphorical for me wanting to transition and being unable to or whatever. Oh, I drew a butterfly once. That was clearly metaphorical for my need to transition. It's very Mm. easy for artists to reinterpret their own work. And this is from someone who has spent years making music and writing literature. It's very easy to do that sort of thing. And when you have something, a movie that's about transformation in the first place, it's especially easy. So I finally, as I was driving to pick up lunch today, I realized that the chance, it's almost no chance that either of these directors actually said this, right? Because this happens all the time. We had an example. But you few, looked it up? Yes. And you couldn't find it? No. Okay. But we had an example of this a few weeks ago where someone had used a headline. And as we read the article, we realized that the article said the exact opposite mm. of what the headline claimed that the There's article so much going, crap like that. Out there, there is. And that's exactly what every single one of these were. And all of these people were just sharing these links with me without ever actually reading the articles. Wow. wow. You would think if, they'd at least be curious. But they're not. They just see the headline that says, Lily Wachowski confirms that it's a, the whole movie's a trans metaphor. And, and they just and share that. that. They happen. just base it off the headline. But if you look, she says, look, I have no idea how much of my unconscious was affected by my transness at the time. So she's saying she has no she idea, know. Yeah. you know, how being trans... I mean, it is possible, right? Uh, like it's certainly... Subconsciously, you might have put some sort of a theme in here or there or whatever. But, yeah. I mean, are the Transformers also a trans uh, allegory? I mean, because they hide in plain sight, I, right? <laughs> and the, it actually says Transformers. That was sort of the point that I ended up making. Was I'm not it, saying that. It's as ridiculous. I mean, Harry Potter is basically the same story, just with the kid. It's... it's, it's yanked out of this world, mm-hmm. 
placed into this world and told that you're the chosen one and you're going to defeat the evil, the big mm. bad or whatever. It's exactly the same story. So to say that because the Matrix has those elements, it's clearly about transitioning, mm. then okay, so Harry Potter is clearly about transitioning as well, right? No. But no, it's into not. Into a witch. <laughs> right. And the Matrix is clearly not about... I mean, sure, as you were saying, some parts of the movie, like... At one point, um, Morpheus says to Neo, or no, Agent Smith says to Neo, by day, you're this person. By night, you're this person. That's something that every trans person has faced. So when I watched that scene, I was like, okay, that's probably inspired by their experience as a trans person. Because as far back as I think 2003, there were rumors about one of these sisters cross-dressing. I don't remember which one Hmm, it was. So even back then, they were already living a double life and occasionally getting caught and things like that. Hmm. So I could get how that would inform that part of the movie. But it's not like this omnipresent thing that's there. And to call it, you know, a movie that's just, it's about a gender transition. It cheapens so much of what that first movie is, pulling Hmm. references from all manner of religions and philosophical ideas. Oh, yeah. So much deeper than that. (laughs) Like simulacum and simulations or something like that was required reading for every single actor. But no. It's just a movie about transitioning genders. And the main thing that kind of bothers me about it is just the fact that I can't see it with specifically the character Neo. Like, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with his story. Like, and I mean, no, like... pretty clearly just a straight guy. I mean, like, the... Just a dork. He does transition into something else, or transform into something else, but it has nothing to do with that. I could see it if they put it, if they put that as a story um, with another character, but I don't think they did. Maybe we'll continue the discussion after you've seen the fourth one, Arya, this week, perhaps. There's a butterfly in it. (laughs) See you tomorrow.